0: Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I am certainly glad that you have decided to join us today. I know that you could be doing a lot of other things, and I do appreciate that that you are here, that you were listening, and that you are a part of this program. Uh, today, we are continuing. Uh, study that we began. We're we're looking at the underdogs of the Bible, and so I've got uh, a list of several people in mind that that we can look at and and learn from. And right now we're we're talking about Gideon. We didn't get very far. Um, as a matter of fact, we only really made it through a couple of verses last week, and so we'll kind of pick up where we are and and see what else we can learn about Gideon. Uh, so far, the only thing that we really talked. A great deal about was the way that the Lord sees Gideon and I'll, uh, I'll go back and we'll, we'll review just a little bit before we, we get into um, what we're going to discuss today. Uh, again, this is kind of a, a new format, a uh, new, new way of doing the program. Uh, instead of having an outline in front of me, I, I, um, I do have some notes, but uh, other than that, uh, we're just looking at the Bible. And we're studying the verses and and seeing what we can learn. And so I I hope that that it was something that that was maybe a little more so enjoyable for you. I I think it was a little more helpful for me. Um, But anyway, it it gives it um, a a little less formal uh, way of doing it, I guess. But um, anyway, hopefully it is something that is beneficial to you. We, we always begin with a word of prayer, and so I want to do that today, and then we'll, we'll get into our topic of study. Let us bow. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. And we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be able to study your word together, to be able to assemble in different parts of the world even to 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 be able to understand your word, to apply it to our lives, and may we have a, a greater understanding than what we came with. We pray, Father, for those who throughout the world are sick, those who are suffering, uh, especially in this time of turmoil that we are in. And, um, you know, for us, it's a, a time where we are, are basically in quarantine and And we pray, Father, that you would be with all those who are affected directly with this virus, that you would be with the doctors and nurses who care for them, that you would bless them and and bless their abilities, and we pray for for those who have lost loved ones. There are so many lives that that have been lost already, and so many that, that are expected to be lost very soon, and we do pray that you would be with those families, especially as they are not able to be with their loved ones. And and we pray that you would would give them the comfort that they need, that you would provide them with comfort more so than anything else. We pray, Father, that that, that this would turn our nation to you in a time when no one else can help us in the way that you can. We pray that we would turn our attention to you, that we would turn our prayers to you and put our trust and our faith in you. Help us to be the Christians that you would have us to be. We pray that you would continue to bless us throughout this day. We're thankful for everything you provide us with. We are thankful for your Son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us. And it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. All right, let's get into our study. Uh, We are beginning today in Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, and we're going to pick up reading with verse 11. We, we made it through verse 12. We'll go back and look at these verses again, and, and uh, I think there's something, uh, something very interesting here, something that I didn't notice last week. Judges 6, beginning with verse 11, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, I want us to notice something in verse 11. Notice what Gideon is doing in this moment as we are reading here. <clears throat> it says that, that Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press. I, I didn't notice this, I, I had to look it up and, and, and see exactly what he was doing. But just the fact that he is threshing wheat or beating out the wheat in the wine press is of, of much interest to us to what we are looking at to the context of what is going on. Why in the world would Gideon be threshing wheat in a wine press? A wine press was something that, that had been sort of dug into the ground and and it was a, a pra- place for for pressing out the grapes to make wine. But Gideon is not making wine. He is not Treading out the grapes, or or whatever uh, he could be doing as far as that goes, he is is at night. By the way, he is threshing wheat, beating out the wheat in this wine press. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was an ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press. Why? To hide it from the Midianites. We find that, that this is um, something that, that they, it shows the, the, the dire situation that, that the people of Israel are in. They have failed to drive out these enemy nations from their presence. And one of the reasons that God allowed his people to be oppressed was because they were not faithful to him because they had forgotten him. One of the things that I think we find over and over and over again is that God's people are continually in need of leadership. You see, they need somebody to lead them. And in this moment, they need somebody to lead them. And that they lack that and that's why God is coming to Gideon. But we have times where uh we have come out of the book of Joshua and we, we have judges and so after Joshua the people forgot God until a judge arose that, that would judge them and that would would lead them in serving God that would guide them in that. Well, whenever that judge would die, they would forget God again and it would be time for a new judge. And so this continued throughout this book uh, until we we come to the time where they asked for a king. We have these periods of judges. Um, There's a time of of the prophets as well. um, When We think of of those such as Elijah. Um, But. Anyway, what we're, we're looking at here is Israel is in a dire situation. Gideon is hiding. He is threshing wheat in the wine press because the Midianites, as we find, um, there's a, a verse in 1 Samuel that talks about them coming in and, and basically taking what they had as far as their, their goods, their supplies, their food. The Midianites would oppress the nation of Israel. Over and over again. And so it shows the dire situation. It shows the the desperate situation that Israel is in. And why are they in this situation in the first place? Uh, Again, they failed to drive out these nations. Uh, They were supposed to. they, They could have. But God allowed them to be oppressed because they did not look to him. They forgot to look to God. And that was very important uh they they forgot the lessons that they had learned in time past. Um, when God raised up judges to deliver them, uh they they didn't realize or or look to God in such a way as to understand that, that He was the one that was was helping them. They forgot to recognize God and that their love for God. Basically, their love for God was severely lacking. They had a problem, but they couldn't even deal with the problem without some kind of leadership. They couldn't put their faith and trust in God. And so it continued to be a problem until they would turn themselves to God. And so, in this situation where Gideon is hiding himself to to thresh out this wheat. He's hiding himself in a wine press. And as we look at this desperate situation, we find that this tells us so much about Israel and where they are in the context of all of this. that they had failed to put their trust in God, they had failed to honor him. They failed to do his will. And so they were being oppressed by this enemy nation. And so God comes to Gideon and he says to Gideon, uh, he calls him a mighty man of valor. And that's very important to us too because Gideon doesn't see himself as a mighty man of valor. He sees himself in such a way that that he is lowly, he is is very humbled in God's presence. Um, And and so as God comes to him, he sees what Gideon is going to be rather than what Gideon is, and rather than what Gideon sees himself as being. Later on, I want us to look at Moses, and really if I had thought about it before I I started with Gideon, I, I think we probably would have begun with Moses. Uh, One of the things that I remember about Moses, and it's mostly from what we're told in the New Testament, but there was a time at the age of 40 when Moses was sure that he was going to lead God's people out of Egyptian bondage. He was so sure of himself, and he, he saw himself as their deliverer. He comes upon a an Egyptian and a Hebrew that are fighting and he, he kills the Egyptian. And later on, he comes to two Hebrews that are fighting. And one of them asks, are, are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptian? And whenever he realized that his sin was known, he fled into Midian. And 40 years later, and I believe the age of 80, God comes to him and says, you're going to lead my people out of Egypt. And Moses wasn't there. He had been. He was so sure of himself at one point. And then when God comes to call on him, I, I can't do this. I, I I don't have eloquent speech. I, I'm, I'm not strong enough to do it. I, I just I can't lead your people. And yet we find that that he was the perfect man for the job because uh, no one else could have been as patient with the people as Moses was as I look through his life. And and hopefully, hopefully in a few weeks, we'll have a chance to look at Moses. Um, Obviously, this is going a little slow, but I just want you to understand that while Gideon didn't see himself as a leader, God did because God saw him for who he was. He saw his potential. And and it's the same way with us because there are a lot of times I, I know even in my own life when I wonder, can I do what has been set before me? Am I capable uh, of accomplishing these things, And uh, especially in regard to the church? But God sees what we can be. I believe it just as well for us as as for any, that God sees what we can be. He sees our potential, and that's important to him. And so we are called. We are called in such a way as to obey the gospel. We are called to be faithful Christians. Each of us is called to be soul winners for God. We're given the Great Commission equally to carry the gospel into the world. And that is so important for us to do. But I do want you to see that God is looking at Gideon for what he can be, for what he will be, even though Gideon doesn't yet see it. So Gideon's vision is very limited. And we see it with others, too. It's something I've kind of been pondering. Um, but whenever we look at, at at even you look at the spies that went to spy out the land of Canaan. You had 10 spies that said, we can't do it. And then you had Joshua and Caleb over here in a corner saying, yes, we can. We are are perfectly capable of going in and defeating these enemies and taking this land because God is on our side. They had a different vision than what the the other 10 spies did. They could see what God could do. And the spies were looking and seeing what they could do. And they, they knew that they were not capable. And it's kind of the way Gideon looks at this from initially Gideon is looking at this from human eyes and seeing I can't do this rather than seeing that God can. There's so much here, just so much that we can gain from from just these few verses. But let's move on because I don't want us to stay here forever. Uh, Verse 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us. Why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Why are we oppressed? If you're with us, then why are we in this situation in the first place? Why are we so desperate? Why, are we, why am I having to, to thresh out wheat in this winepress to hide? Why? God is going to answer. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. There was really not much about Gideon that we would look at and say, oh, this is a great leader. This is is a mighty man of the Lord. There was nothing that said that. And even when, when God comes to him, he questions, well, why are we in this situation? Where have you been? Go in the smite of yours. That's just so telling. Again, this is what God is telling him. Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. God saw him for who he could be, who he would be, rather than seeing him for who he is. Reminds me of Peter, too. Peter was given the name Peter by Jesus. Jesus called him that. And and the name means rock. and, And Peter was going to be a rock in in some way but Jesus was telling him this is who you're going to be and he had to, to grow to become that rock there were moments where he was that rock there were moments that he wasn't but but again Jesus saw him very similarly to the way that God is looking at Gideon and and he says go in this might of yours you shall save Israel even though Gideon doesn't see it yet In verse 16, And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, this is Gideon, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from me, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. God said that. So Gideon is, is wanting a sign here. Let's just keep reading here in verse 19. So Gideon went in, <clears throat> prepared a young goat, an unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. So he brings this offering to the Lord. Verse 21. The angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight now gideon perceived that he was that this was the angel of the lord so gideon said alas o lord god for i have seen the angel of the lord face to face then the lord said to him peace be with you do not fear you shall not die so gideon built an altar there to the lord and called it the lord is peace to this day, it is still an oprah of the Abiezrites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. So Gideon is told to go. One of the first things that he's told to do is to destroy an altar of Baal. Gideon's father, Gideon's family, they were were very much rooted in idolatry. And this came from the nations around them. Um, As they were, were influenced by them, they continued in the idolatry of other nations. Even though God told them. Do not do this. He told them not to. To offer sacrifices. To these altars. To, to not have any gods before them. Um, that's in the Ten Commandments. Uh, that they are not to have any other gods. Before the God of Israel. They are to put their faith. And trust in him. And so. One of the first things that Gideon is told to do, your family has has built these altars. You're going to go and tear them down. This partly was preparation for Gideon. It it was preparation for what he was going to do. And we're going to look later on at his army. And we'll we'll see what happens with that army. Uh, We're not going to get there today. But we, we do see that Gideon is told to tear down these idols. Gideon, he did what God wanted him to do, but he was fearful in the process. God is patient with Gideon, and and I believe that he is patient with us. Gideon needed a little bit more time to get to, to the confidence that he needed to defeat The enemies of the people. And and so we see that that later he will have that confidence. Later he will uh, be able to to lead an army against a a nation much greater than his own, uh, at least his own army. But he's not quite there yet. He needs to build his confidence. And so part of this is building that confidence. I believe. I think God is is really trying to prepare him for what is to come. And so Gideon is going to destroy this altar of Baal, but he does so at night. He fears doing it in the day, so he does it at night. Um, let's look at quickly at verses 28. And maybe we'll go through about 31, 32. Let's see what we have here. Verse 28, when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was an altar, a Baal torn down, and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. And the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal, because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself because his altar. Has been torn down, therefore, on that day he called him Jeribel, saying, "Let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. Uh, Gideon's father has a great deal of wisdom, even though um, they had built these altars and were serving them instead of the God of Israel. He's very smart in realizing that that this is no God. That Baal is not real. That if Baal really wants to plead for himself, that he can. And so that's exactly what he shares with the people. And we'll stop there. But uh, we see that, that Gideon has to build his confidence. And I, I think this is part of building that confidence. Gideon needs to, to build his trust in the Lord. And so we'll we'll pick up here, I believe, next week. Um, we are still looking uh, forward to the sign of the fleece and then Gideon starts to, to gather an army together in the way that God wants him to. And, uh, But again, we'll save this for next week. for are out of time today. I, I, I enjoy doing this, and I'm glad that you have decided to be with me. Um, I I'll always encourage you to contact us. You can go to our website, at www.marshillcoc.org, marshillcoc.org. And you can also send me an email at bkwebb519 at gmail.com. And I would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, encouragement, um, we would love to hear from you. I, I look forward to being back with you Next Tuesday morning, Lord willing, at 11 a.m. here on the Gospel Radio Network. And until we meet again, may God bless you.
1: For you